Blog Talk Radio. Let's pray and get right into the lesson. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean and depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. I want to thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. I'm going to begin a new series, but before I do, I want to kind of date this particular one. Today marks my 20th year of ordination, and I give God all praise, honor, and glory. And like I was telling someone the other day when talking about the things that the Lord has done in our lives and how he's confirmed so many promises and truths, that truly this year has been, um, and and the year's presence um, is serving him, enlightening. I've grown so much. But I feel um, in the last few years that I've started all over again, have a, have a new freshness, a, a new insight on the scripture. And hopefully in the things that are shared this year and throughout the years to come, you will sense that passion and fervor of things that have been enlightened to me by the Holy Spirit. And so I trust that today's lessons and the lessons to come will spark a revolution in your hearts to live by faith and not by sight. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. Well, tonight our topic is going to launch a set of teachings entitled The Success Commentary, The Success Commentary. And my objective is clear and simple. Simply succeed. Choose to succeed. Turn with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 10. Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. And what I will do at the beginning of each of these series is give you the five passages which we'll go to on each lesson so that where you are enlightened as to the process and you can take notes accordingly. But we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 10, that we're going to find our passage, a New Testament passage in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 13. And we have three support scriptures in Hebrews chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and Hebrews chapter 9. So we have Joshua chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and Hebrews chapter 9, those five passages. And so let's begin in Joshua chapter 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord came to pass, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river of Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide 
for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong, and be thou very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest now, after the death of Moses, the service of um, the thou mayest do us all according to their end. Now, the end of it says that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which was given to Moses, my servant, and second man, would turn not from uh, the right hand nor to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Amen? Now, here's. Here's a very dynamic passage which we're given by God, and this is the passage of the call of Joshua, but also the transition of the children of Israel out of the wilderness into the promised land. And they had seen the promised land, and some had set out to spy, but they had not entered. They had been used to um, a way that God patted himself by following a cloud of uh, by day and a pillar of fire which God would appear by night, which um, they would travel and, and be led, and they were led out of Egypt into a promised land. God had promises for them. But God was letting them know that there was going to come transitions by change, and they would have to adapt to those changes. And I think one of the pivotal times is at the transfer of leadership, where the first leadership had failed, and God had raised up the leadership that was already active in the house to fulfill that which he had commanded but not only would God transition them by change, but God would uh, change the levels, uh, would not change the levels of his faithfulness just because the leadership changed. Which I, which I wanted you to understand in life, that even though um, there are changes in life, God is changing you, and he's raising you up as somebody new. But it's always because there's been a path of faithfulness from others that have been waiting and awaiting to see the manifestations of the promises of God that affect your life. So God has other people uh, in mind that, uh, that are faithful to his cause, and he will always honor their faithfulness. And just because the leadership changed, as long as they would obey the provisions and the promises, they were still achievable. And the first level of victory was achieved by mere obedience to the instructions. But the next set of victories would be by application of those instructions. See, Moses led by concentrating on the voice of God. And that was wonderful. But Joshua would have to use his hands and his feet in conquest. And that was the next level. The the kingdom suffereth violence, but the violent take it by forth. In this season, we must change with transition, but we must trust that God is faithful. And that just because leadership has changed, it doesn't change his provisions and promises, and that they are still achievable. But there doesn't require more than just mere obedience to what it, what you hear. You're going to have to apply uh, what you've heard to instructions based on your actions. And that's what we are reminded in this passage. Of course, you know, the Old Testament was written for our learning that we, through the comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. So we observe the Old Testament and the passages so that we can get some type of sense of how God operates with his people and see how He, uh, how it applies for us today.
God required Joshua to start by completing what was old. Moses, my servant, is dead was his first speech to the people of God, and that we must continue what we set out to do. In verse 8, the scripture lets us know in Joshua, and let's read that one as a, as a way of focus for this lesson, and the only passage in the Old Testament or in the entire Bible that uses the word success. And so it's important that at least for the sake of scripture, since we're studying the scriptures, we start with that very passage, which says this. In Joshua chapter 1, it says this in verse 10. Well, actually, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, that thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And so I think it's important that we learn that not only did God um, give the law as an oath to the people uh, to uphold the sake of their prosperity and provision, but he promised some things so that they can be assured of their divine protection. But they have to follow what has been passed down to them. Amen? Now, in the passage of the scriptures, we are ignited, hallelujah, to, to succeed in this particular scripture. And God grew them up through time. And it takes time for God to grow us up also as he did with Joshua. And I think that he is a living uh, testimony to the wonders and the works of God and his provision for us to excel and achieve greatness in life <laughs> through success. I will make, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. It is as simple as a resolve, a revolutionary decision to make necessary alterations in life to position one's own outcomes to their desires and, and or destiny. Success is, is this state. The following commentary explores practical principles in the scriptures that affirms uh, the believer in achieving extraordinary accomplishments this year in exploits and accomplishments, embracing those compliments and serving as a divine ambassador from heaven to advance the kingdom of God. Captured in the heart of every believer is supernatural ability to exercise great works and, and wonders for God. And through Christ, we can do all things. And that is the expectation of God, with us being enlightened through and by his spirit, that we experience his goodness and his grace while we are alive and remain. Think of all the advantages we read about in the scriptures, the signs and wonders and the workings of redemption. There is no question that God desires for us to see humanity ascend to unprecedented accomplishments, but also in his infinite wisdom. I want you to hear me now very clearly. He is not assisting us in the path of success. He is not aiding us with anything other than the innate abilities to connect to what is deep-seated within our souls to accomplish life. And the choice is really up to us to achieve that life. I love the famous quote that states that, that the only place success comes before work in the uh, is in the dictionary. And this is true, but even more so profoundly, the scriptures has very little use for the word success. 
But when it is used in the scripture in the context around the passage, which we just read in Joshua chapter 1, it uses the word success to provoke us to the experience of transitioning change that is necessary for us to get ahead so we can obtain the promises of God by faith. And better, it takes a better time to reflect on the success uh, than, um, than at the beginning of starting something through change. So God is going to change some things. And I want you to understand that he simply wants us to succeed. He simply wants us to succeed. Now, if you haven't done this already, I would love for you each year when we begin teaching, I encourage everybody to get one notebook specifically for this particular teaching because at each lesson, I give enough scripture and enough content for us to 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 leave out with some concrete answers and evidences in the scripture that can help set a path to success. That's why I wanted to start this particular year, this prophetic year, in which God is liberating us to, to enter into these promises with this success commentary. You know, out of all the years that I have uh, been serving the Lord. I found my resolve in the first 20 years of service to conclude that God wants to give us so much proof that that we become unquestionable in our merely standing before other people saying, this is the way. We have the truth and we have the life. Amen. And in Christ is that life. And the life is the light of men, which lighteth every dark place. Hallelujah. So God wants to prove in us and through us that we have it. And, of course, you can always note uh, Psalms chapter 1 just as a way of God ensuring. Now, God's success methodology in the scripture is coined under the term covenant, and the covenant of blessing really is God's uh, concept of success. But there are different concepts of success that we can we can go on and on, and I could have taken you through principles of success through other secular um, articles and aspects, but my my assignment is the Word of God. And if we can go through the Word of God and discover what success means to God and apply it to our own lives, especially those that are, are in, the, in the dispensation or the moment in time where we have complete access to the things of God through Christ Jesus, we should really know exactly how to achieve the success in life. And I think we have the answer, but sometimes we have uh, overlooked it by simplifying and, and secularizing sacred texts and not taking it as, 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 as validation to our confidence and our conversion in Christ. Now, if any man be in Christ, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. And we're going to look at the scripture in light of that new perspective, in light of those things becoming new in us, and find the passages of scripture that makes us, lesson one, sovereignly aware. Sovereign awareness revealed. And I want to confirm what the scripture means when he says that we are sealed with the spirit of promise. Now, the Holy Spirit is the intelligence of God. It is the intelligence of God. The Holy Spirit is the inspiration to live, uh, what gives us inspiration to live out our faith. The Holy Spirit is the instructor of our new nature in Christ. And it is the instrument in which we use to hear God clearly. The Holy Spirit 
is the illuminator of the Christian character. And the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of God. It is holy. And so I'm going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is what it releases the covenant of blessing on our lives. Because we receive things by faith, and faith is a revelation of the Spirit of God. Of course, you know, the Bible says faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But the words that we will speak, the Bible says that the Scriptures were written as men were moved by the Holy Ghost. So it is the moving of the Holy Spirit. The words that I speak, Jesus said, are spirit, and they are life. Why? Because it, it contains the essence of who God is, who God really is. It's the intelligence of God, the inspiration to live out our faith, the instructor of our new nature, the instrument to live, uh, to hear the, which we hear God, and the illuminator of our Christian character. And when we have those things uh, in place, we will we'll discover what it really means to live this life called Christianity. Amen? And I want to always affirm us in the scriptures um, by saying simply, uh, uh, simply succeed. In this particular lesson, we want to emphasize the sovereign awareness. Now, awareness is being awakened to things that are obvious, that already exist. But we're we're doing it from God's perspective, God's eyesight. I'm reminded of the of the prophet uh, Nehemiah, who took it to, uh, to. You can go to the book of Nehemiah to see the the basically the chapters in which he rebuilt the wall that took them thousands of years to build, or hundreds of years to build rather, um, that was destroyed because of captivities and, and various wars. But God had enlightened him, and he was a service. He was a cupbearer, and, and as uh, to the people that had held him captive. But as a result of hearing from the voice of God, he was able to set up a defense. And restore the walls in less than 15 days because he sat where God could speak to him clearly and make him aware of things to come. And God wants to do that in our own lives. He wants to be able to take us to places to where he can make things aware to us so that he can show us things to come. But if we don't connect with him spiritually, we won't have confidence to see as he sees. See, the Bible says that my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. That's for someone who's not in him. But if we are in Christ, our life is here with Christ in God. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, because the things which are seen are just temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. And we look to the hills from which cometh our help so we can see those eternal things and apply those convictions in our hearts so we can live out our faith and confidence, knowing that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But we have to be aware that God is on the scene and that God is available and has access. You know, I'm very concerned about the church because, you know, we've, we've come up with a lot of things to try to provoke people to get them responsible to take on initiatives to succeed. And success is truly a choice in life. Nobody has to push you to success. But at the same time, we have been given, the Bible says it is he that both causes us to will and do his good pleasure. We have been predestinated in Christ Jesus to, to bring about good works that show forth the promises that have called us and translated us out of the kingdom of darkness into light. Now, the way, the way we do that is by looking to God. It's in him that we move, live, and have our being. And when we look within our hearts, we see that we can only exist by the power of God. So, look, our confidence don't rest in the, in, the, in the power of men, in the power of our own abilities, but in God. 
And we still have to remember that he's still on the throne. He has all power in his hand. And, and while we're trying to figure things out, he's already worked it out. He's, he's getting us back to the future. Yeah, and yeah, we used to, we, we try to come against the notion that God is not in control because the things that we see in the world, of course, He can't be in control. But when it pertains to our personal life, if we're, our life is here with Christ and God, He is in control over us. He is in control of our lives. So don't get caught up in the religious jargon and the religious trend breakers who are, who are nullifying the very Word of God. Get caught up in what the Scripture says. Become sovereign aware through the revelations of the word of God. And, and in that revelation, we're going to find out that we're sealed until the day. About, uh, we are sealed with the spirit of promise, that God has promised some things, and he's locked it in, our spirit to, uh, in his spirit to guarantee that once we have access to him, glory to God. Now, ultimately, our access, we need to know, in order to know that we have access, we need to know that we've been accepted by God. That God loves us and he cares for us. That he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, we are saved. And that same salvation translates to us a better quality of life. Glory to God. And in doing, and in doing, and uh, in, in allowing God to be God in our lives and to have priority and make him first in our lives, we have access to privileges. So we are accepted by God, we have access, and then we are awakened. And that's what we're going to find tonight, and then we're going to continue in, 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 in greater quantities of the Spirit when we allow the Spirit to have His true way and bear proofs that are undeniable in our lives. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, and let's begin reading in verses 3 through 13. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of his children by Jesus Christ to, him, uh, to himself, according to the good pleasures of his will, to the praise and the, of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted and the beloved. Glory to God, he accepted us in whom we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mysteries of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom we also have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purposes of him, of him who worketh all things. See, this is the sovereignty of God after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, hallelujah, in whom we also are trusted after ye have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believe, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So the passage reveals the roadmap of this big word called predestination. Say predestination. And you'll see that God has given us access, but he's accepted us. He made us the accepted and the beloved, and he's given us access. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places that we could obtain this promise, and he's also made us aware. 
So the passage reveals the roadmap of predestination plainly through prioritizing the passage of this passage and seeking God. I believe that the passage will spark a conversation between you and God to provoke clear awarenesses from God, the purpose that he has for you to achieve and obtain greatness in our lives. And so when you read over those scriptures over and over and just focus on this passage, you're going to find out a lot of information. I could take hours to exegete it, um, but of course all of this is sealed in the Holy Spirit who has this promise. So he predestinates us because now if you just take the P words and you, and you follow the P words that are in this passage, God has some promises. He has a place in, first of all, he has a place for us in Christ. He has a place for us in Christ because it, it pleased him for us to be predestined. So it pleased him so that it could, we have a place. It pleased him. We are predestined. Hallelujah. And he's, and he's prudently purposed us. See, he, he, he's had prudence. That means he, he's made it a point to push this out of his pleasure, our purpose to exist. And so if you have those things in, in your life, you're going you're gonna to find out what it means to be predestined. Meaning God had a plan in mind. God had some things in motion. When he brought the Holy Spirit to intersect the courses of your life, he had things in mind, glory to God, to get you out of the, of the, the pit and the conditions of life and to provide the power to excel and go beyond. Why? Because he wants you to succeed in life. And I love this particular scripture. The scriptures, uh, we, we say those who are in seminary, those who have learned, the scripture says that Ephesians is the Magna Carta of the Bible. It's the core. It's the Mecca of scriptures because we find out who we are. Uh, one, one writer has written, uh, wrote, written the chapters, broken down the chapters for implementation as rooms. That first we are accepted, that this is the, this is the outer court. We are accepted and beloved. But then by the time we get into the second chapter, we find out what this inheritance is. God has promises for us. But see, if you don't know that you're predestinated to be conformed into the image of his son, to connect with God so much so that everything in you succeeds, you won't have confidence to exist as Christians. And that's why you have a lot of people that are professed God. He said, look, you, you say the right things, but your heart, your heart is far from me. Because you're not connected. You're, you don't know the advantages of the roadmap of predestination. But this also provokes us to the power of prayer, to communicate with God. When we say prayer, we mean to communicate with God. So that the unfolding of the benefits of our access to God will build trust and belief based on the confirmation of the truth that comes from the gospel. And that's what we see in this particular passage. That as a result of what we've heard, not only do we know that we're blessed with all spiritual blessings and that we've been predestined because of his pleasure to make known the purposes of his heart so that we can find out why we're here, but he also locked it in the Holy Spirit, which is the intelligence of God, the inspiration to live out our faith, the instructor of the new nature, the instruments through which we hear from God, and the illumination of our Christian character. You see how this all plays in together? God is changing us, but he's changing us to transform us into the image of his son so that we can walk with God, to live as Christ, and to die as gain. Dying to the concepts of this world of what we think success is, what we think purpose is, what we think uh, predestination is, and getting on the path of the straight and narrow. Finding out success in God's eyes 
which is connecting with the power of the Holy Spirit that transforms us out of the kingdom of darkness and into his marvelous light. we got to go on. The passage all provokes us to prayer. It gives us the roadmap of predestination, but it also reveals the promises that are sealed in those that believe. So we must understand in this particular passage what it means to be redeemed because Christ has purchased through redemption inalienable rights for us to attain by faith in him, by trust in him. See, when we believe God is accredited to us as righteousness, it, it, it makes it right for us to get. We have rights to this walk. And this passage says, look, all of this is contained and sealed with the Holy Spirit of God, which has an earnest inheritance until redemption is purchased. How many of you know redemption was already purchased in Christ? So it's just a matter of, of us developing the understanding of what it means to be redeemed that unlocks it. So the passage provokes us, um, reveals these promises that are sealed for those who believe that they are redeemed. So it's imperative that we understand what it means to believe. The passage is loaded with the concepts that alert us to God giving us access to the privilege to experience his way of life in Christ. So we have great advantages to, um, um, that are predicated on us believing and knowing that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This should give us reasons to seek God while he may be fine. Call on him while he is near. He gives us access to sink us to what he considers success instinctively. And our Father gives us access in the Spirit to set a tone of superiority over the world so we can discover the advantages of our great salvation. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 2. It says, Therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, least by any time we should let them slip. For the word spoken by the angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. He sh um, how shall we escape if we neglect so great of salvation? which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them which heard him. God also bearing witness with them both with signs and wonders and with divers miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will to prove to us that what Jesus said, that what the apostles preached and what we should experience through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit has promises that, that we should not neglect. We should not take for granted because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Anybody who looks perfectly and intently into the word of God will be blessed in all of his doings. And so the promises of the scriptures are very affirmative in us. They're very powerful. But if we neglect these scriptures, then that salvation, that salvific work that Christ had wrought on Calvary will be of null and void in our lives. Everything affirming our salvation is qualified for us being governed by the Holy Spirit, which contains the promises that equips us, glory to God, that equips us to, um, to, uh, contain the, uh, to believe and, and, and achieve success. But it is very important that we prioritize ourselves, familiarizing ourselves with affirming the scriptures that outlines the signs of these great and precious promises. See, Christ is revealed to promote this quality of life, spirit governance, spirit guidance, and spiritual growth. Thus revealing his power, a supernatural force, the Holy Spirit, to attain extraordinary effect in, 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 in his, his indwelling in the inside of us, in our hearts. 
right? As a treasure, we house the source of God's power and effect on humanity. Our spirit is the candle of the Lord. So we must value the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we must allow God's sovereign rule and sovereign reign to make us aware, to see what we really have, to see who we really are, to see what we really can do. This is true success. You have many people walking out there with no concrete evidence as to why they exist. And they're searching for answers that are already set in the sacredness and the superiority of the Holy Spirit. So there are things that we can do in advance to sink in with the Holy Spirit. Number one is locate what the scripture uh, states about the Holy Spirit and his ability to lead and guide us into what God has planned for us to achieve. And the first thing that God wants us to get is the truth. <laughs> he wants us to come in contact with the truth Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to God but by me. So the Holy Spirit wants us to locate the scriptures so that we can see in, in the scriptures what saved us. What saved us, what Jesus did to save us. Glory to God. And then we got to learn, number two, the values of being purpose-driven. We all have three realms of purposes. Our unique purpose, which are qualities that makes us unique in our attitude and our altitudes and our abilities. But then we also have united purposes, which connects us to various groups and gatherings to grow and shape our outlooks on life so that we can have a universal purpose, which sums up us leaving a deposit on the earth that brings glory to God, that brings glory to God. Why? Because God has given us unique abilities. But he also wants us to unite to, to, uh, to united abilities so that we can have universal abilities. And all of this is through the power of the Holy Spirit. In God's glorious diversity is divinity. God's power on humanity existing in confidence and knowing that if we, if we seek him, we find him. If we knock, the door will be open. If we ask, we will get the answers because he's a good God. And he desires us to be good with him. So he gives us his spirit so that we can learn his ways, so that we can talk the way he talks. We can walk the way he walks. We can sing the way he sings. We can say what he says. We can do what he did. Hallelujah. And so God is enabling us by his spirit to locate, to learn, but he's also uh, telling us to leave time and space daily for spiritual development and formation. And this is not just going to church, but it's giving room for the Holy Spirit to take us on spiritual journeys and adventures by his means and stipulations. Let God be God all by himself. Don't try to manipulate the process. Make everything about the Holy Spirit emotional to the point that you can't be sane. Make it, make it impulsive to where you can't be directed. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. They're directed. This is real success. Real success by the book that gives life. Right? Turn with me to 1 First, First Thessalonians chapter 5. It tells us in everything to give thanks for us the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. Verses 18 through 24, it says, Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, 
Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from the appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify your holy. And I pray that the God of your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. And what this passage is letting us know that God has given us five straightforward things to do to attain God's plan for our lives. Verse 19 through 20. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from the appearance of evil. That's our Christian duty. That's what we do to ensure that God has access to us through and by his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The passage also suggests that we should approach faith holistically, that the very God, that, that we should say, that the, and the peace uh, should sanctify us. The presence of God is the peace of God, and the, the, bring, the Prince of Peace brings peace, and the peace that he leaves with us is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Peace. And it should be preserved blameless in our body till the coming of the Lord, until God consumes all things, because God is faithful. And he called you so that he can perform these things through you. Why? Because he wants you to succeed. He wants you to succeed in life. So what, what we find out is that the Holy Spirit equips us. He's not only uh, connected to God as a source to us, but he equips us. The Holy Spirit enables us to live the Christian life. And I have to close because we're just about out of time. But the Holy Spirit equips us with, number one, character to live a godly life, making every effort to avoid a sin complex. See, what he does is he gives us character to live a godly life. Then secondly, he gives us control over impulsive carnalities through solutions of truths and answers of the soul. He gives us control. God is not giving you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. What is that? Control. Hallelujah. And then he also corrects us in righteousness through wisdom, knowledge, and understanding because he reveals the truth that we should know. And in coming under the contact of the truth, he corrects us. God says that the chastening, he, he, for those whom he loves, he did chasten. Why? Because he don't want you to be corrupted with the things of the world. So he, he gives us character. He gives us control. He corrects us, but he also connects us to, to the purposes of God's heart, to exist and to live in the convictions of God's best. This is the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit has creative power. Creative power to convert our realities from the world to the kingdom of God. The Spirit is the covenant carrier of the insights we need to be successful in life, according to Christ. And through access, we are awakened and we are become aware to the promises that should and can be fulfilled in this present world. Never keep Christianity in the illusions of mere ideology. Always uh, seek for manifestation and proofs to make every strive worth the effort of achieving success in life. For the Holy Spirit, in conclusion, is the spirit that drives us to this reality as believers. And Christ introduces us to the Holy Spirit so that we can leave, uh, leave a legacy in the earth and become responsible for the things that occur in the earth. 
the Holy Spirit then becomes responsible for giving what we need to survive on the earth. And he empowers the drive for us to live from a different outlook and perspective. And it is the perspectives of the Holy Spirit that illuminates our conscience to serve God acceptably. Now, I don't have time, but I want you to read Hebrews chapter 9, verse 11 through 28. And there's some powerful things that are stated in here, and it takes us back to what Moses was sent to do, uh, which he did not fulfill. But in Christ all things are fulfilled. And how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot, purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause he is the mediator of a new testament, that by means of death or the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, that they which are called might receive the promises of an eternal inheritance. And I don't have time to go through there, but I would encourage you to read verses 11 through 28 in context so you can know that Christ also was offered to bear the sins of many unto them that look for him that shall appear for a second time uh, without sin unto salvation. So God, he makes us consciously aware to serve God acceptably through his sacrifice on the cross. Why? Because he, is, he wants us to guarantee that we can have the same successes that he did. So I encourage you with the scriptures in Philippians that say, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ, who thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form and the fashion of a man he humbled himself even to the uh, obedience of death on the cross. And therefore, God so highly exalted him he gave him success. The name that was above every name, that, 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 that name, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And perhaps if you allow that same type of mind, that God consciousness, that humility to serve, and the various aspects of the God complex, if you would allow God's mind to invade your thinking and invade your world, God will say to you, I simply did it so that you could simply succeed. Let's pray. Father, we've exhausted the word so that our hearts are filled with wonders of what's more for us. What more can we say? What more can we do other than say thank you and we trust you to teach us more? Father, we're learning and we don't want to be ever perceiving, never coming into these truths, but we want these truths to transform us by taking new steps and new actions to simply succeed. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that translates to us the way, the route to this, this thing where we come out of the circumstances that keeps us back from not achieving your best. And we thank you, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. That all things in you triumph and we will succeed because we walk by faith and not by sight. We trust that the word never falls on death ground, but accomplishes that which you please in purpose. And for this we praise you and give you glory in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I do confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God 
for the work that he did for me at Calvary. And we know that the Holy Spirit will seal you to the day of redemption and that the signs and wonders that accompany the Holy Spirit will be evident in your life when you sanctify God in your heart. And so we trust that you will get into the schoolmaster, the work, the church, the living, the church of the living God, the pillar ground of truth to learn the truths of the scriptures and that you will find yourself in a Bible-believing, spirit-filled church and grow in the admonition of the Lord. And we trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do. Because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Thank you for listening to the broadcast tonight. On the next lesson, I will continue um, in the teaching on the superiority of spirit. We're going to go even deeper into the Holy Spirit and grasp some things to simply succeed. God bless you and good night.